everybody. Welcome to episode whatever of the boys, the girls on boys. These, uh, where's see this? This is season one, episode something, and we're talking about season se- season three, <laughs> episode uh, seven. seven of the the boys. So that means we're, this is episode eight for us, season one, but we're talking about season three, episode seven of The Boys. Uh, Amazon Prime's hit uh, comic book based show. The episode we're going to be talking about today is Here Comes a Candle to Light You to Bed. My name is Rebecca Watson, and please welcome my brilliant co host, Kave Hoda. Hey, hey everyone! Hey, buddy! Please take your seats. It's too much. It's too much. He doesn't deserve it. Just calm down. Just calm down. Setting the bar way too high, people. Save it Um, for the what's it when like the concert's over and then the encore. The encore. Save it for the encore. I hate encores. I I do too. It's such a weird little game. It's a weird little game. Yeah. Stop playing the psychological chess with me. Yeah. Just play your greatest hit. When I was uh, seventeen, I was dating this guy in uh uh. Death metal band. No, he was in his early 20s, but he was the lead singer of a death metal band in Boston. And he invited me, like, for our first date, we went to see Blue Oyster Cult at the Middle East in Uh, Boston, in Cambridge. And uh, he got me, like, the bouncer was like, oh, it's 21 plus. He's like, oh, she's with me, you know. So I felt pretty cool then. Did he have a British accent? No, no, okay, different you, guy. You, you almost affected one there. No, for a okay. no, he was I... actually he was second generation Irish. His dad had a big thing about Lucky Charms, very anti. Uh, they couldn't be in the house. They could oh, okay. not. Okay, <laughs> for a second I thought like they were really into Lucky Charms. No, like, opposite. This really gets our culture right. Opposite. He hated it. <laughs> so, uh, and he warned me if you ever come to visit, which I did not get that far, and I'm kind of sad, but. Uh, don't bring any lucky charms because my dad will throw you out on your ass. But is that something took... that might have happened? Like you might have come with a he box. And be like, so. I brought something to uh, show you how much I appreciate your culture. It's this it's box this of lucky charms. Box of lucky charms, all marshmallows, all charms. <laughs> like it's the luckiest lucky charms you can have. Uh, I think it came up because, okay, well, you're, you're just digging us in further. I literally I know, said we can't I get know. off track. Right but before the show was... started, we were like, let's stay focused this time. And I derailed us immediately, but come on, death metal singer, well, I was going Irish, to... no lucky charms. So There's a lot a... for me to unpack here. He was a friend of a friend. I was at BU and we met in the, um, uh, like dining hall where they had these, uh, they had these cereal dispensers. And so I, he, we met when I was bragging at a table about bring, like sneaking in a backpack full of Ziploc bags where I dumped Lucky Charms and then dumped out all the brown ones. And I just had Lucky Charm marshmallows. And so that's like how we met. He was like, Oh, funny story. My dad won't allow us to have those in our house. 
And so he was the lead singer of a death metal band in Boston. He and our first date was Blue Oyster Cult at the wow. Middle East. And don't I fear was, the Reaper, right? That's well, a- I was having a really great time until it was like midnight. And I was like, hey, man, it's like a Thursday. Yeah. I have class tomorrow. I should probably because like I was I biked there, you know, from Austin Brighton. It's like a 30 minute bike ride. Yeah. And he's like, they haven't played Don't Fear the Reaper yet. And I was yeah. like, no, uh, we had to stay until like two in the morning just because they hadn't played Don't Fear the Reaper yet. No, that's too long for that song. That's way too long. I got, too okay, much. it's not fair for you to bring up all these things and expect me to not dive into them. I'm really biting my tongue here. <laughs> all right, what do you got? What no, you got? there's just so much to fucking get into with that, but we're not going to, we're not going well, to. Well, why don't you put, just a, one question. put a pin in it? Okay. For like, because we have a long, like, we have now seen, or I have seen, I don't know if you're caught up, but I did watch the finale. And then like, we're going to have like an off season. Yeah. During which time I'm going to be lonely and we need to still make content. Oh, we're going to be full of content. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot we can do here. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about the episode. We'll put the pin in the Blue Oyster Cult yeah, and why let's. a death metal band singer wanted to listen to the Blue Oyster Cult. Okay, we'll but that. also we'll quickly, that. he also yeah. uh, constantly like talked about Hanson and how he thought Hanson was the Beatles of our day. And he's like, who, like, remember the Beatles had like poppy hits that everybody thought was just bubblegum for girls. That's Hanson right now. They're going to be the Beatles. Hmm. Wow. He was positive. Pretty was shocked this didn't work out with this I, guy. The more I reminisce, hmm. the more I'm like, uh, I wish I didn't dump him for being a terrible kisser. But that was the problem. Oh, it was like it too was like face, too much. It tongue, was like a squid a, on my face, mm, like Timothy. The, the it was like Timothy yeah. suctioned mm-hmm. to my face, and I at the time was a like mostly let's be honest, asexual <laughs> nerd who just like, <laughs> honestly, like I just didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't care, yeah. you know, so mm. I feel kind of bad. We I'm, met at I'm, the wrong time in our lives. I'm positive I was a, probably a lousy kisser for the first It was just like, yeah, it was just all saliva. No, that's a bummer. That's a real yeah. bummer. It's hard to teach someone that, you know what I mean? It's hard yeah. to, you need to have that and, one girlfriend who's willing to jump on the grenade yes. and just be like, I am going to teach this fool how to and do this. As and, an yeah. asexual who had like little to no experience it kissing wasn't be anyone, yeah. it's not going to be me. I'm yeah. not here to tell you how to kiss. Yeah. Maybe that's the way everybody likes it. I don't know. As, For as a me, it's aside, weird. Can, can we, have we talked about my thoughts about this whole, like how horrible it would be to to actually, if you were to have say 40 virgins in heaven like can you imagine anything worse than that i mean first of all by the way i'm sure that's lost in translation i'm sure that's not exactly what the fucking people are saying whatever but like the concept of i would want nothing less than 40 give me 39 dirty whores yes maybe one virgin and you can really see it just by switching the genders like no woman wants 40 virgins Evan, that's Ugh. 40 like um grinding like Ugh. like low level Zelda quests. Super that's, that's nobody like, finding the clitoris yeah, that's, ejaculation that's 40, every single time. 40 like, quests where you have to go and find 10 turtle shells 
and deliver yeah. them to a farmer. Like, yeah. which oddly enough is what I think about when I'm trying not to come. Um, anyway, weirdly, so- it's what I think about when I do come. <laughs> that 10th turtle shell did you get older kids things get weird it gets harder to get to the right places sexually anyways okay here we go here comes a candle let's cut all of that out oh don't you dare (laughs) just put it that's that's for our youtube oh i see okay you gotta yeah i like the way you work i like the way you think okay so This episode, the latest episode that we're covering. Yes. Here comes a candle to light you to bed. Okay. Uh, Just, uh, I'm going to say I like this episode. I liked it. It's it's, it's another episode that I think covers a lot of ground. A lot of stuff happens. It starts with this scene, this interesting scene with Ashley, the Vought CEO. She's on the Cameron Coleman, like that CNN sort of Tuckery, Hannity news hour. Yeah, more Fox News. Yeah. She's trying to spin what was yeah. left at the, at the end of last episode, which is Annie's video revealing the truth about the company. And th- she's trying to spin it in this really interesting way. There's, yeah. There's a, they there's they couple... hit every, every point where it, like she's could working. Could be treason? The... Yeah. I think it could be. I think it could be. <laughs> right. Uh, and... Is she working with a terrorist? I think she might be. Is it human trafficking? Human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, As a, as an aside, um, the human trafficking story is a very interesting thing. The the sex trafficking thing. Yeah, as an Iranian, I can see why you would be interested. Yeah, no, in that. It's, it's because it's, your people uh, are well known for. You're thinking of the movie Taken, and I think those oh, are Saudis. No, I'm thinking of Not Without My Daughter. She wasn't trafficked. She was basically, you know, beaten like a woman's supposed to. How did she know? get there? She got trafficked there. No, her, she went with her husband. Are you on, like, saying Sissy Spacek or whoever that was wasn't trafficked? It was not Sissy Spacek. It was... Oh, fucking shit. Who is it? Huh? See, you, you don't know. Goldie you don't Hawn. know your facts. God damn it. It wasn't Goldie Burr Reynolds. Burr Reynolds was in her with her. This guy doesn't her, know what he's talking about. He, I know what the, I'm talking about. The, and, the, 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 and I'm talking about how from Cannibal Run. the Persians, Don, Dom DeLuise. Dom DeLuise. Yes. Is Dom De- <laughs> Holy shit. Hold on a second. I gotta fucking look. I up. would love to see a Not Without My Daughter starring Dom DeLuise <laughs> as the Sissy Spacek character. Oh my god. I'm gonna choke. Sally Field. Ah, oh, Sally motherfucking Field. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so th- this whole thing about the sex trafficking yes. issue is, is a really interesting one to me. Yeah. And like the whether or not there's real truth to it or if it's just this weird right-wing talking point uh i I have an interesting background when it comes to this because we actually in our show the house of pod we had on a guest a while back who i think was just a really interesting lady really a fascinating woman really strong woman who had been sex trafficked oh her story is very like straightforward sex trafficking and her like and her survival through that um it, her story is 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 amazing. It's harrowing, but at the same time, the more you learn about sex trafficking in general, the more you learn it doesn't really exist in most ways. It's it's spun on right wing news as this sort of like fear mongering sort of like these these brown people are coming to take away your white women right. sort of like thing. Yeah. But, but it was really interesting that they pick that to to 
to tack on to Annie. You know what I mean? I thought that was a, a very smart and honestly, I could so easily see that that being done because it's so easy to get like white Fox News watchers oh, yeah. wild up with a concept. You're taking our women and you're sending them off. Just be, I'm gonna go fucking Liam Neeson on their asses. Oh, get, right. get so excited it's a dog about whistle it. Dog that whistle. that they ignore when we have actual evidence of white people doing the same thing or worse. Right. You know, like Jim Jordan is still in office when he like turned a blind eye to his wrestling team being sexually abused by their uh their doctor Doctor, i think allegedly you know but the only thing that would have been worse is if he was a persian doctor right if he weren't a white guy he probably would be out of office but yeah yeah, yeah so. no he's he's fine he's, he's just fine and you know dan savage has a refrain that i like uh because he does he says the exact same thing every time you see uh every time there's a new news story about a catholic priest uh molesting a a child he retweets it and says something along the lines of if clowns raped people as often as catholic priests it would be a crime to take your kid to the circus (laughs) yeah so and way and and almost a little less scary yeah yeah, like clown rapists at least the clown wears makeup that makes it clear you should be terrified of them oh yeah so So, yes they go from that uh to another like brief uh, video of Soldier Boy culturally appropriating uh, another musical genre and killing it. Which um, we did talk about in a previous uh, recording that is lost to time. Uh, but I do want to say uh, what we didn't mention in that previous one that I did want to mention was that Paul Reiser's character did say that Soldier Boy did to singing what pantyhose did to finger fucking. <laughs> so good and i just <laughs> just yeah another great another great paul riser scene. they just gave that him nothing great. but golden nuggets to and, spill out of his mouth and that was a really i thought that was a really fucking depressing like thing with with paul riser's character the legend basically breaking down how all of huey's dreams and and like uh heroes are bullshit Soldier Boy never actually fought on D-Day. He was actually one of the ones hosing down civil rights protesters, somehow involved with the Kent State shooting. Maybe the JFK Maybe Dealey Plaza. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, right. Okay, that's that's what Dealey Plaza was, right? That's the JFK. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and this is is the point where I say, told you so, and ask you to acknowledge the told you so, that Soldier Boy was always... A bad guy. Yeah, agreed. They actually really show you in this episode yeah. that Soldier Boy is a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, he's still because maybe Jensen Eccles, Eccles, whatever, is like so like watchable. It's he's still like so likable. You're, you're still like kind of like well, let's go. Let's see what else he does. Yeah, let's give him let's a chance. Just, but but Paul Reiser has this great line where he's like, "The thing is, to be American means knowing you're the hero." So what do we do? We sweep all of our filthy shit under the rug and we tell ourselves myths like Soldier Boy and I get stinking rich selling it. So I can such a great, simple line. And yeah. I think it, I think it's the basic 
ethos of the show. You know, and I thought it fucking just nailed like what the show is all about. Yeah, there's there's no such thing as a perfect Superman who's going to save you. It's it's all marketing, really. All marketing. It's all PR yeah. how it's sold to you. Yeah. So then, so then we follow Huey and, and Butcher. Also, and, briefly, yeah. uh, Soldier Boy has been fucking women. Oh, that was great. Who are older, <laughs> and he comes out and is demanding more lube. And his line is, "Women are like fine wine." They get with age, they get more delicious, but also drier. <laughs> and again, I'm just like <laughs> Paul Reiser's like, I, I can never fire those women now. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> I kind of, I, I kind of enjoy because okay, those women also, unlike the prostitutes at Herogasm, those yeah. women looked like they were having a good time, and yeah. you know. They were ready for more. Pass God, them the God bless the them. Listen, God I'm for bless I'm them. all for consensual sex. So uh, okay. okay, so then next comes to the the we're introduced to to Mindstorm, this guy Mindstorm who's got like the ability to like go into minds. He's sort of like a uh, Charles Xavier sort of guy, yeah, but, but a little bit less like uh, hinged. And yes. uh, Soldier Boy trips the, the smoke bomb. Mindstorm comes in and he uses these eyes things on Butcher and Butcher goes into a deep, dark place where it's like all flashbacks, which I will say typically I don't love in shows. Usually they're they're pretty boring and you don't really... Yeah. We're filling in some blanks here. Yeah, it's all yeah. exposition type stuff. Yeah, This was worth it, I guess, because you, you, you are curious to know like a little bit more about Butcher's backstory. Well, how did it get to be that we way? Had- previously like you had spotted billy's younger brother right in a previous episode Lenny. i i had missed it and you correctly identified him and so i'm glad that that is paying off where yeah like his little brother is important to his you know development right um but also um well, there's there's one thing about Huey that maybe let's get back to right. later, but let's talk about Billy. Um, so yeah, like Billy clearly sees Huey in his younger brother, and his younger brother they had a, an abusive father, and this is unfortunately like a common. It's not just a trope. I think it's a common real life thing where the abusive parent takes it out on the kids and the older brother, in this case, Billy kind of steps forward and protects his younger brother, but then, um, you know, is left in a lose, lose situation. Like he has no uh, authority to fix the situation. Mm -hmm. So all he can really do is just stay there and get abused, stay there and get abused (laughs) or, um, or leave and then try to uh, come up with a better life. And so he does the latter and he's a kid. So his thinking is like, well, dad mostly beats me. So if I'm gone, you'll be fine, which all of us adults know. And like people who have seen any kind of media before know means the dad is not going to leave the younger kid alone. He's going to make it much worse. So I, I got to you, those, those 
scenes wreck me more. I mean, they probably always did, but since I became a father, I I won't, Siri. I won't. Fuck Go you, to Siri. Go to hell, Siri. God. What I was a having cool. a fucking moment, yeah, Siri. fucking bitch. cunt. We're having <sighs> a moment. So, anyways, the... uh they they really get to me now. Yeah, you know? like when you think about I like because I you know I got two boys around the same age differential there, and like the concept of like them being so miserable in the place. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, I live, I continue to live for one reason, and that is that like I, I don't. If I were to be gone, who the fuck would take care of these little fuckers? I mean, I want to throttle them sometimes, mm. and I won't because you know I love them more than anything has I ever mean, been it's loved fine before. Because your wife and I would continue to raise them as a family. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not know that? <laughs> Did you not know that I? Had... Oh, you know what? Mm. You know, I'm gonna this be honest is with you. Such I, an awkward. I would way rather to... that. I would rather that. That would be okay. I would love. I would love. Kill it. The- We'd kill it. You'd being be your great wife. at it. Yeah, you would be fucking amazing at it. I'd be the man. Though you were fucking like mortally exhausted, exhausted. after like having friends uh, over with kids for four hours. So I think that's part of the challenge. stuff that didn't make it into this episode, actually. But yeah, yeah. guys, listeners, yeah. I had two children visit me last weekend. And I gave them a Nerf gun and all of my love. And it was, yeah. it drained me. Yeah. yeah. That's hard. <laughs> we had the That's best hard. time and they were like amazing. And I would die for them now, yeah. but I'm so exhausted. Right. <laughs> After one weekend, right. I couldn't do it. I couldn't right. do it. That is you, you, you get to be a parent and you get to understand fatigue in, yeah. in a deep way in a in a spiritual way yeah like i I knew fatigue as a doctor and through my training right uh, but i didn't know it and and learn to love it the way it's a real gazing into the abyss kind of thing you have become fatigue i am i am you are the person now like when i'm like up late at night working like cave appears to me in a mist yeah and says Fuck you. I am vengeance. That's what I do. Um, yeah. So, okay, where were we? Anyway, so yeah, so that, that's that sad whole, the whole backstory. We get to see yeah, that. Father's yeah. a real piece of shit. Real it piece really of shit. really fucking bums me out. But, you know, I, I also like when they show that, like, you know, you can see why he is the way he is. You can see why yes. Butcher is such a piece of shit. Because it's a piece of shit. That's and it also, is. it feeds into the things we've talked about, you and I, over the past few episodes about family and, you know, family. family. Like, I only saw one Fast and the Furious, so I can't really Way, like three that. more than you should have. I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, uh, you know, the family that you are born with and the family you choose and how much bullshit you put up with from your family and how you support them. I feel like that is the thrust of this entire season is yeah. like, like, who do you, who is your family and why and how are you going to support them? And mm-hmm. so I think that this flashback is Billy coming to terms with how, like, and it's not fair because he was a little kid too. 
but he failed to support his brother. He thought that, well, and that's open to debate. How much did he think that this was true? How much was he fooling himself? It just trying to run away. Yeah. Yeah. So he left telling himself that his dad wouldn't enact violence upon his younger brother, which was right. incorrect. Right. Um, and, and, and so he's, it's like interesting that he's looking back on that and then applying it to his current situation, yeah. you know, uh, in real time, uh, ex coma, um, his chosen family is now, Frenchie and Huey and M.M. and to a lesser extent Starlight and others. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what do they mean to you? What will you be willing to give up to stay and uh, take on pain for them? How much are you willing to go through to protect them? So let's let's close up that arc of that story, which is really the main like sort of shock at the end of this yeah. is he goes through this horrible experience, this, this nightmare where he's confronted with all his wrongdoings and his relationship to his brother. And then Huey basically <clears throat> goes through another whole series of tribulations to save him. And he comes out and for a second, you think he's going to be like a apologetic human, normal. You're going to see some redemption. And he just literally wake up saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. And then he goes on, to knowing what he's told by Annie that, you know, using the V24 could kill Huey decides to give it another roll yeah. of, the, of the dice anyway. He says, let's go. Yeah. Were you, I guess, uh, I mean, I don't know. Were you surprised by it? No, not surprised. Just. Were you was... disappointed in the writing for that? Let me ask you that. No, no, because, um, because I, I understand, like, I don't think it's I when that happened, I sort of accepted it because I want Billy to have a redemption arc, but I don't think it's time yet. (laughs) Like, like if I can't happen too early. Yeah. If I were the writer for this series and knew I had at least one more season, uh, I wouldn't want him to suddenly be the the Boy Scout like because. (laughs) Because you don't really want that from Billy regardless. You don't want him to be the Billy. Well, okay. So what, what do you think? This brings me to another topic I want I want to to go over with you, which is where are we at with antiheroes these days? Yeah. You know, I mean, where where are we at in, as a society with antiheroes? I mean, I've, we, let's look back to like, which was probably the first big mainstream antihero was like, what, Batman, right? And like, which many- Batman? I would say probably the Michael Keaton one was like the first one. Actually, I take it back. The way original Batman in the comics used to fly around in a helicopter shooting bad guys and being <laughs> like, and being like, oh, I really hate to take a life, but sometimes you gotta do it. Was that an anti-hero? Or was that just like, uh, writers that didn't understand the character? I don't know. It was their character. I think it was like <laughs> Bob Kane or whoever came up with him in the beginning. Uh, uh and then like the, the, the Adam West one was kind of like the very campy, fun, like school boy sort of thing. And mm-hmm. then it became darker again. And then there's been so many antiheroes since then. Uh, I mean, are we, have we reached antihero fatigue 
Have we like maxed out on antiheroes? Do we at this point in our lives, at this point in our society, all the weird shit that we have in our culture, in our country, do we need something other than an antihero? Or is an antihero anything other than an antihero just too unrealistic? That's, these are all very good questions. So some someone on our, I think it was on our YouTube. By the way, guys, I read all the comments. Uh, I don't read all the, the comments on my regular YouTube videos. Which are so good, by the way. If you're not watching them, watch them immediately. Watch yeah, the one on Scrumity. But they're full of... <laughs> This comedy video is pretty good, but the comments are, those comments are usually full of assholes, but I do read all of the comments on like when, when I post these videos to my uh, lifestyle YouTube, I read all of those and I really enjoy them because you guys are actually very thoughtful and interesting and I like it. I agree. Uh, but yeah, like, uh, so somebody did say something along the lines of, I forget where I was going with it. <laughs> something anti-hero related yeah it it was definitely anti-hero related (laughs) can i just tell you while you're thinking about it let let me just say uh i think i personally have some anti-hero fatigue like remember in the beginning we were talking about the scene where he fucking kills uh gunpowder and how like yeah i think in another time maybe in another less realistic show I probably would have been like, yes, fuck that guy. I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, ah, man, everything's so jaded. Everything's so full of shit. Everyone's su- such a letdown. The system seemed to fail us, you know. I know our, what it, our, I know our, what it was, and it relates to this. Uh, yeah, so, so I mean, I, I feel the, a little fatigued. So, what is the what person the pointed out? Like we had, we had talked about what would happen if Captain America came to like 2022, and how like he's probably going to be a racist. And they pointed out that like a lot of these superheroes, um, I think they were particularly talking about Superman, which is the quintessential example of this, but that they were made by you know like Jewish. Uh, comic book writers and artists who needed a hero uh to kind of have faith in and to to be like hey no there's something better out there that can fight against evil you know because there was like a real evil and i think we're we we do still have that today like there is still evil where it would be nice to have a a pure person come and fight them it's just that like after 40 years of having a perfect person fighting evil you begin to get this uh it's it's it it backtracks in a way because you you end up in this black and white world where there is good and evil and uh, I mean, one of my favorite quotes of all time is from a very uh, problematic person named Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who said, uh, and I'm going to, I'm speaking sure. off the cuff here, um, but like, wouldn't it be nice if we could separate the good from the evil, but the line between good and evil cuts through the heart of every man and 
Hulu amongst us can cut out a piece of his own heart. And so, like, I think wow. that, at, you know, so on the one hand, when you are up against a great evil, as in, like, Jewish people facing down the Holocaust, trans people right now facing down everything that's currently happening. Like, yes, it's it can be uh like helpful and and inspiring to think of things in this sort of black and white sort of uh storytelling standpoint. But I think that a better society moves beyond that to the point where we realize all of like the the huge percentage of Nazis, for instance, who weren't the they're not demons. They're not like these monsters that we can easily see and excise from society. The entire problem is that they are our friends and our neighbors and so that is why to me these stories kind of need to be more complicated because the uh the benefit of stories is telling us how to deal with the things that we are currently undergoing. So yes, like during the Holocaust, we needed Superman, but today, I mean, maybe we're getting to the point where we need Superman again. I agree, but we are coming out of an era where we need Wolverine. (laughs) You know, (laughs) but, but I, I would say, I would posit that Wolverine is a very different character than, than either butcher or superman Mm. because on one hand he is nearly indestructible but he feels pain constantly he suffers constantly he gets his ass kicked all the time he gets murdered and brought back to life in in almost a in 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 almost like for him it's it's torture you know being alive for large portions of his life and he he has that sort of like willing to to cross a line that most superheroes aren't sort of thing but you know by the late 80s really that was sort of written out of his story and yeah. he was someone who was trying to find his way around in a masterless samurai who yeah, was trying to yeah, find yeah. some sort of Look redemption at you, Wolverine and fan like I'm me. A, yeah oh i love He's Wolverine. my favorite that's why i that's him why and, i grabbed him and Spider-Man are my my two my two besties and they're sort of like the dichotomy yeah. that's yeah, sort yeah. of like um yeah. And so there, that's how they sort of changed his writing, and and they went with that. And, and there was always something really redeeming of seeing Wolverine not, or seeing him take the high road. Mm-hmm. Um, I and I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you could do with Butcher at this point. I mean, but that is something I would love to see. It would make me just feel better is just for him to take a high road, you know, at some point. But I think this made it pretty clear that I mean, he is he is he's heading down that path uh, of being irredeemable at least maybe the next season or something it'll, it'll change i don't know yeah and you know it did stick in my head when you had told me that like in the comics butcher was kind of a, a more more anti than hero and i'm definitely seeing that here like his turns so 
I 100% agree with you. Like, uh, yeah, I think that, and, and, you know, those two examples I gave, and I maybe should have said, um, you know, like a watch, a Rorschach or something as an anti-hero instead of like the, the more, um, of a society that has kind of moved beyond the need for black and white thinking. Um, Maybe Rorschach is a better like example of the anti-hero that we have interest in. But, uh, but yeah, like I, I do really enjoy this though, because while I can see that Billy is uh, in the wrong, like he is clearly in the wrong, but he has, um gathered people to his fringes that uh where i can identify with them and understand their viewpoint seeming like not the wrong so you have like i guess it's coming down to like billy versus starlight in terms of like uh the moral grounding yeah of the story you know i i i get that um and I I feel like they're using MM as sort of the the moral center of the the boys. I was but, about to say maybe like Billy versus MM, yeah, which might be a better. You know, but part of me is like I don't want that perspective of MM being short thrifted. Like I want to see that dynamic, especially because the actor who does MM is doing such a good job of making him kind of this interesting character and fun, and you kind he's of root great. for him. And yeah. he's and he's fun and he's big and he's tough too, but at the same time he has a real clear moral like directive, you know. Uh, at least when it comes to the use of powers that 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 could change your perspective of reality. So I, I would like to see that. And also, MM is the only one who has maintained this position of uh, superpowers are bad and we should yeah. not even metal so you've you've got like like starlight i think agrees with mm but she has superpowers so it's kind of easy for her to say exactly you know and this all being said i would love to see what superpowers they would give mm like if he were to love that too yeah like Like, i would like to see it happen like against his will like if somebody non-consensually jabbed him with superpowers and then he just fucking goes off so then we don't even have to feel bad about the destruction he brings down he, yeah. upon his enemies. I would yeah. love that. All right, so let's let's maybe talk about some of the other storylines in this. A big okay, one. So, well, oh, go on. No, go, well, go, go. one thing on I one. did I did want to mention um, was that Huey. Um, so Huey, he keeps. This is something I've actually been meaning to bring up for the last few episodes, but uh, in this one particularly. Like every time something needs to get done, like Huey can take the uh, V24 and do fantastic things. But the real um, benefit that he offers to the group is always with his brain. So he's constantly like, oh, yeah. So in in this case, he's like, hey, um, oh, uh, is... So the uh the guy that they're trying to find, what's his name? The Mindstorm or Mindstorm. He's like, yeah. Oh, Mindstorm is uh either bipolar or schizophrenic. And he says, Well, that requires like drugs that 
need to be tracked so we can find the closest pharmacy and then you know track them to that is something that like v24 does not give huey like that is his own intelligence and that's been happening consistently in every episode and i don't think that it's a coincidence i think it's the the filmmakers trying to tell us like his superpower is his brain and he already has it he yeah. doesn't need the V twenty four. It it was it's it's more fun to root for the boys when they're using like these other means, mortal means of, yeah. of getting to there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we want to root for the guy that's like zapping around and doing interesting flying or whatever. But the guy that actually like gets shit done based on his brain, it's like and that's toxic masculinity. And and if we could take a step back from that. That's one of the reasons why Superman was never interesting to me. Right. Like, I never was into he never it. Like, was he's smart in, about it. Invulnerable. His like the one thing that could bring him down is a mineral. Like right. what? It's like Spider-Man, on the other hand, you'd actually, if you were to go back in time and you were to get the pitch about this character, who's going to be a little nerd who has a power of a spider, you'd be like, oh, okay. You would not think it would become the iconic thing that it is. But part of why it's so great is because he's just like a weird little guy he's with a, a weird little power. He's funny. Weird, he's funny, but his power is, is he has, he jumps around and spins webs. It's not like he flies, he's invulnerable. Like yeah. he also got his ass kicked a bunch. And anyways, yeah. okay. All right. So let's talk no, about some totally. of the other other points here. So okay. we find out All what right, happens to, we find out what happens to Maeve. So yeah, Maeve is still alive. Uh, she's in a like she's below the vault offices and uh he's he's going to impregnate her well he's going he's going to yeah. harvest her eggs sure he's going to harvest her eggs he would never is... force himself upon never. her but he would harvest her eggs uh which is terrifying because yeah. and and which really and it's amazing that they filmed all this prior to Roe v Wade yeah but it really just puts a pin in the idea of like, oh, you're a woman. So yeah. like your body and your yeah. uh, legacy do not belong to you. They belong to me yeah. because I'm in control of your body. It's yeah. Yeah. The fucking, it's it's terrifying how they nailed that lack of yeah. bodily autonomy that women are facing these days. They haven't yeah. since 1973. It's yeah. really, they actually, I wonder sometimes in the writing room, if they sit around and they're just like, nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> when the, the the news comes out, they're like, yeah. we call that one, right? Right. You owe me a Coke. <laughs> exactly. Fuck, probably. Um, okay. Probably. So there's, there's that. Although yeah. I will say she gets in a good line. She's like, this is still like a top three day in my life because yeah. I saw you scared. Cause she recognizes that he's wearing some concealer. She's like, Oh yes, shit, he was wearing, he had like a black eye or something. Yeah. She, yeah. And she also at that point says that ultimately she does not want to be a soup. And we have previously heard this from Kimiko. Yeah. Kimiko thought that she didn't want to be a soup either. Maeve says the same thing now, like, the episode after we see Kimiko go back and say, actually, I do want to be a soup. So I think it'll be interesting to see, like, because now with Soldier Boy, it's a real possibility that these soups could not just die, but lose their superpowers and continue on as mortals. Is that really what she wants? Or that would be great. That would be an awesome way to see Homelander end up. 
yes. as like a normal human being. That would just be, having that'd to, be like... an amazing twist. Like, did you ever watch that one Star Trek The Next Generation where Q like lost his powers and became like no. a normal person? Oh, it's fucking. That does sound fun. That was a great one. That was a great one. And I didn't I watch love, a lot of. I love I didn't watch a lot of John Delancey. Is that the actor's name? I I was not. Familiar. It was there's a scene with Whoopi Goldberg and him that was great mm. in that scene. Anyways, so that's that's that scene. Um, a train has received a heart transplant from yes, Blue from Hawk. Blue Hawk, not, who he killed, but yeah. they're they're saying they're blaming on Soldier Boy. Right. Uh, right. I mean, a yeah. lot goes into solid organ transplants. We won't go into that here. Oh, I won't talk oh, about immunosuppression. You're, ca- you're calling them on that? <laughs> I'm not going to. I will call them on one thing. The way they had A-Train's nasal cannula was completely wrong. The thing that goes that feeds oh, oxygen no. to his nose yeah, the... was completely wrong, and it drove me crazy. Why? Um, How should it go? It's supposed to be set up so it's like coming from here under your chin, and it oh. goes behind the ears, under the nose. Here, they had it like up his nose and then oh. back over the top of his head into the back of I mean it made more sense for the shot for them it looked yeah. better for like the shot but this fucking no self though. no self respecting nurse would allow the oxygen no. to look like that anyways we're we're not going to get into that and then she's like oh you're going to we're going to make a new gritty biopic with Tom Hanks as your <laughs> your trainer yes that is amazing <laughs> i love i love the idea i would watch that uh, we have Black Noir experiencing cartoons. Oh, yeah. Black Black oh, yeah. Noir is basically Deadpool, in my opinion, where it's like he's got this fantasy life that is fourth wall breaking and is describing his uh, past where he, uh, he, he basically Black Noir is uh, he blames himself for getting Soldier Boy put into Russian the Russian prison. Yeah. Uh and uh I love that his cartoons say to him, We got you through that erection in seventh grade and the hard rock cafe massacre in Lagos. <laughs> the hard rock cafe massacre. <laughs> Do you know what I see him more as? I see him more as Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. And and why I think that's kind of fun is because remember Snake Eyes, he he looked the exact same. He had the outfit he never spoke. He was a ninja, had a sword. Yes. And, and, he, and he was very mysterious. Did he, he never... have a rich fantasy life, though? Well, that's the thing. I think <laughs> now I would like to imagine that this is the kind of shit that was going on in his head the whole time. Okay. Like, you know, no, that that's is... why I think it's kind of funny. Like, because he's such a dark, serious character. He's right, like really yeah. mysterious. That is pretty like, funny, actually. <laughs> another bullshit character where he's like a white ninja, you know, but whatever. Right, well, right. We'll, no, we'll I like it. I one. like it. Uh, and then, you know, uh, then, then there's, you get a little more of the backstory again about why Soldier Boy was such a dick and why they, why they ended up selling him out to the Russians because he was a piece of shit. And, yeah. and Black Noir was going to get the role and Beverly Hills cop. Yes. <laughs> and then oh. beat the shit out of him for, for being upset about that. And then Giancarlo Esposito or the Stan Edgar character basically uh is like, hey, we got this other guy in the wings that can fly now. So why don't we yeah. why don't we get rid of him? So that that was great how they sort of brought that all together. I, I like that. Um and then there there was also the you mentioned already the whole Kimiko and Frenchie subplot where she's like, Hey, can you go get the V for me so I can be super powered again? Yeah. So she um, wants to be super powered again. I guess I have two questions though. Mm. One, why does she have to do it? Why can't Frenchie do it? If someone has to do it, if someone has to protect them. And two, are they setting this up like like they're not going to be a romantic relationship? They're going to be this weird, just like 
brother and sister relationship. Is that that's kind of the sense I got? They're like kissing you was weird because, uh, you know, you're more than just a boyfriend or girlfriend. Uh, you're you're also this. You're my family to me now. Like, is that so, is that where they're going with that? Because I kind of want them to see them have a re- romantic relationship. Okay, so I think he has to do it because I think she's still recovering, you know, and he's got like. Like he he has to do it. He's 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 got the he he's more able to go do it. Um, but yeah, the the it was weird because you're more than that. I actually found that very romantic. So I didn't find it incestuous at all. Uh, that did occur to me. Like, oh, your family. Like, it's we we can't be that. I actually found it like more like they were trying to tie in. So I I feel like we have this overarching idea of family. Family. And then family. We need like a sound. We need like one of those like sound bites. We do. (laughs) And then I think that they just, so I think they wanted to tie that in at the same time as saying that they are like, deeply connected so i actually kind of i liked it in the way that i read it which is like they're in love but it's not just a crush it's like they're connected now yeah yeah almost like like soulmates but yeah yeah right we don't believe soulmates but we still want to see them fuck right Oh, absolutely. Okay, okay good. Like, I just wanted to make yeah, sure. Okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah, soulmates can do that. Uh yeah. all right. And then I think the last and most important thing is the surprise at the end where we get a phone call from Soldier Boy to Homelander revealing yes. that he's Homelander's father, which is I guess the secret that he's whispered to by uh Mindstorm. Yes. So, um, yeah, so Homelander is Soldier Boy's son, uh, and that's why they decided to, you know, casting back, that's why they were like, you know what, Soldier Boy, we don't need you anymore, now we have this kid who can fly, and, you know, we can kind of see the parallel with uh, you know, Homelander's son, uh, who right. might be, you know, we had talked about this on a previous episode, like, oh, maybe he is the thing that's going to bring down uh, Homelander. Maybe he's the guy that's more powerful. But also we had this discussion about how uh, maybe Soldier Boy is more powerful than Homelander, and that's why he's the weapon. And yeah. is that a good thing if your weapon then is still like a fully functioning human being that can choose to be a piece of shit? Right. right. So we kind of get back to this idea of we have nature versus nurture. And we also have, okay, so I've been listening to the audiobook for. I'm really curious to see where this goes. For. For East of Eden. Charlotte uh, Webb. John Steinbeck's East of Eden. It's really good. It's a little racist, but it's also anti-racist. And it's really good in certain ways. In that the mm. I'm not done yet, but the thrust of it does seem to be um, 
what do you choose to do with your power? Mm. How do you, uh, like, you get to decide, like, a true, like, what makes you human is being able to decide whether you will do good or evil or otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I see that. I see everything in terms of what I'm reading at the moment. So don't take this too deeply. But I see that in this show where it is like, um, so, you know, a uh, soldier boy, who knows his backstory? He's fucked up. Uh, he gave rise to, um, to Homelander, who has told us that he's fucked up, that he had no real upbringing. He had no guidance as a child. And now Homelander has a child who currently, we don't know. We haven't even seen him in like several episodes. So yeah. like, what are these and and this is something that i've brought up previously with uh mm uh in terms of like is he going to choose to track down and kill soldier boy or is he going to raise his daughter yeah, yeah. like and and all of these decisions have long term consequences i find it really interesting yeah i agree I mean, I, I didn't get to watch the next episode. I know we talked about being able to watch the next episode, but I never so much wanted to because there's so many of these questions that I want answered now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm hoping that we explored. move forward with that in terms of like nature versus nurture because I, I do feel like that is what a lot of this is building to. Yeah. Where it's like they talk so much about and like Billy going back to his father, you know, and like, like, I feel like that's being really pushed hard here is like, how do we uh, raise up the next generation? And can we stop these cycles of violence? And like, I think Billy in particular like Billy is somebody who is subject to both nature and nurture violence. So yeah. like really when we look at it, like Billy should be the villain of the next episodes, you know, that we see coming up just based on what we've seen so far. But yeah. if he's not, then why not? Like what changed him? Yeah, I I love redemption. I would love to see it. I love, but it has to be believable at the same time. If any show could do that, I think these guys could make something like that happen, where I could find a believable arc like that occurs. I, I really, hope so. Yeah. I think that'd be nice. Well, only time will tell, my friend. <laughs> let's let's end it there. Let's for end now. it there. Um, let's do the, the pluggings of plugs and plugging the things that we plug. Can you please okay. plug your plugs? I'm at Rebecca Watson on Twitter, skeptic.org. If you'd like to see all of the various things I do, that should cover and it. If you haven't, again, if you are for some reason, someone who's only listening to this show and has no other knowledge of us, I am telling you to watch her YouTube <laughs> videos on things. One I just mentioned earlier was about scrometing. 
which is otherwise known as cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. Now, I'm a gastroenterologist. It's my specialty to know these things. Yet, when I watched Rebecca do this video about this thing that I know that I have expertise in, I was really struck by how good a job she did managing that. I was literally like writing that episode and thinking, I should run this past Kave, but also like, I don't want to bother him. And... You didn't and you could, but the, you did such a good job. Really. I had very little in terms of notes. And, Thank you. And, and that was like, I mean, that I'm like, if, if that's something that she's doing on such a high level that I can recognize, <laughs> I'm like, I, I have faith that the rest of the stuff is also well-researched. So long story short, watch her videos. Then if you have time, Listen to the House of Pod, my other podcast. Absolutely, you should... the House of Pod. Absolutely, listen to the House of Pod. Nah, if you're gonna pick one thing, do the video. Anyway, no, I'm the one who edits these things, so I'm gonna cut God out all this it. stuff here. Fuck you. It, it was nice seeing you again. It was so good seeing you. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Okay. Wow. That, I, that's what how is the simp shit? I'm a, I'm a fucking cuck. I'm a fucking cuck shit. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a gamma cuck. Shit.